0: Hey everyone, welcome to Gold Sounds Podcast Episode 2. In today's episode, we'll be diving into two artists each, uh, one old, one new, with your hosts, Danny and Steph.
1: Sorry, I'm feeling a little timid. (laughs) Like, this is all going into the episode. So (laughs) sometimes in life, I like, I've imagined what it must be like for someone who's 90, like in their 90s and like decrepit, but feels really youthful inside to look in the mirror and what that must feel like for them. And I think that like what I'm trying to say is that's what I felt like when I heard my voice on last time's recording, because there's such a discrepancy between what I think my voice sounds like, what it really sounds like.
0: Yeah, you wanna know- But here we are. Do you want me to say (laughs) what what I'm about to say on record or you want me to hold it to off record? (laughs) i think it resonates with with, everybody with the the type of vocals the artists you pick have as well
1: what are you trying to say
0: you pick artists with some terrible vocals oh my god are you thinking a bad voice (laughs) i think your perception of voice i think you have a voice reality distortion okay
1: so you're giving me a compliment (laughs) but in a mean way i understand you know frank sinatra didn't like his own voice either but something tells me that this isn't quite like that i know All right. Welcome to episode two. Thanks for being here and listening to me. Um, Yeah, I mean, so we're, like Danny said, going into the normal format. Um, We're going to start every episode with the first song we listened to today. So if you remember, what's the first song you listened to today?
0: Oh, the first song I listened to today was from The Who. I wonder why. Yeah. (laughs) And um, first song I listened to today was From The Who. And it's called My Generation. Have you ever heard of it?
1: Uh no, I've never heard of it. No? I'm being sarcastic. Is that a joke?
0: Yeah, it's a re- it's it's not a joke, but I'm I just figured I'd ask.
1: No, I think that might be one of the most famous American songs.
0: Really? Because they're not American.
1: In America. <laughs> it's one of the most famous songs, okay. is what I should be saying. No, yeah.
0: That was my first song this morning. Um The reason I listen to it is because I'm trying to learn more about The Who. And I I didn't grow up listening to them. Yeah, and I'm just trying to learn more about The Who.
1: (laughs) Nice. Good song.
0: Yeah, great song. Timeless. Yeah.
1: Some could say. Um, My first song was really weird, actually. Not weird, but like it kind of has a story behind it. My first song is called um, Via Signor. But if you pronounce it properly in French, like... Viensigneur, whatever, by Kermoussa, which is, so this is a, a song, they're singing in French. It's from Francophone Africa. So it's actually monks from a Benedictine monastery in Senegal. And the reason that I listened to this song was because-
0: Were you doing yoga or something? Or no, I don't do
1: yoga. Months? Are you kidding? I was <laughs> I was at, I was. home yesterday. I went to visit my family. And I was talking to my mom about like how it was strange that for someone who likes music so much, I didn't really grow up around music. Like my parents pretty much never played music in the house, um, which is so weird to me. And uh, my mom was talking about, like, I I I always wanna know what she's listening to, but she is not that into music. But she showed me this song, which I thought was like a cool moment because we don't have many of those where like we're sharing music. Um, And she's like, you know, kind of like a pious Catholic, But uh, so I think that is what makes her like music like this. But the song was actually really good. And these monks use a lot of um, string instruments in like a really beautiful melodic way. And I would actually recommend the song just to listen to from like a musical perspective. So it's spelled V-I-E-N-S, you know, next word. That means come in French. Um, S-E-I-G-N-E-U-R, which is Lord. And then the the um monastery is in uh key, <laughs> key i'm not awake k e u r m o u s s a so if you want to look it up on spotify the oh.
0: are you recommending gospel music right now
1: yeah i guess i am which i didn't ever think i would this do this
0: is an all-time low for gold sounds
1: i don't know podcast. actually cuz if you think about it like some really good music has come out of gospel uh,
0: mm. Yes. I
1: mean, including jazz. Inspired like a lot by... of a lot of jazz is inspired by like the call and response and yeah, gospel music. Somehow,
0: I think the gospel music you're recommending.
1: No, this is actually a good song, and I think that <laughs> you should listen to it. Okay. Musically, do. it's impressive. Okay. The rest of their songs I didn't really like, but this one I liked. Anyway, thanks, mom.
0: Let's dive into. Your mom's gonna hate me. She's gonna. Be like, yeah, she is.
1: Just... She's gonna be like, stop hanging out with him. <laughs> He's <atheist>. the devil. <laughs> <laughs> um cool do you want to go first for your let's should we do the new one first?
0: i guess yeah sure uh i'll go first i want to recommend a new artist probably not a lot of people have heard of she's actually a friend of mine it's one of the reasons why i re- want to recommend her because her story is so dope her name is janine one word she used to go by janine in the mixtape back in the what day is
1: she oprah No last name
0: <laughs> what do you mean it's so it's amazing that an artist can have one name um especially nowadays on social media. Yeah, so she's from New Zealand to New York in the last decade. I forget exactly when she moved to New York. But essentially Janine was actually signed to Atlantic Records, dropped from the label last year. She's just been going through a lot and I think what's really incredible about the music she's releasing now is that it's music she believed in for so long that the label didn't believe in and it's actually doing really really well. So the song I I, I want to recommend um is is called "Broke Me Down," and she just released an acoustic version of it. Uh, she had released like the original version a couple months ago, and she promised her fans that if it got to a million streams on Spotify, she would release an acoustic version of the song. And so it just hit a million streams about like two or three weeks ago, and as promised, she delivered on on her single. Uh, and like Janine, like she writes a lot about her like personal life, so. She writes a lot about like her breakups, her ups and her downs. Some of the notable lyrics that stood out to me on this song, I don't want to go if I'm going nowhere. Uh, I don't want to love if it's filled with fear. And I just think it's like really deep to talk about love in that way, um, where you're just being honest about the fact that you don't want to be hurt. And the song is obviously called Broke Me Down. And the hook goes, "Um, baby, you broke me down for nothing. I'm looking in the mirror and can't recognize myself. So... It's just the idea that like you go through so much in a relationship and you give so much of yourself to someone else that sometimes you 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 don't even realize who you really are and so much of you is is someone else. Sometimes I think it was a good breakup song. I love her voice. She's got like this falsetto voice that's that's really incredible. Yeah, like one really cool story I have about Janine is like when she first came to New York, she was doing an EP release and she had lost the venue somehow. Or there was a problem with the venue on the date she booked to release her EP. And she had a bunch of people from the record industry, a bunch of like blogs and magazines coming to check her out. And she was like freaking out because she was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I invited everyone to this thing and it was going to be like my introduction and now I can't do it. So actually, while I was working at Vivo, me and a coworker who actually was the person that hired me onto Vivo, we decided to actually, well, she didn't even ask us. We were just like, hey, you know i heard like i knew her manager i was like i heard what happened you can come use our space so i actually like we ordered like a bunch of food a bunch of drinks at
1: vivo yeah. no way
0: and we had like a artist performance area already so it was perfect yeah, yeah everything was hooked up the mics were there everything was there and all we had to do was get like a guest list from her and so she like called an audible last minute had everyone come through to the vivo office awesome. we had security check everyone in And she was able to, like, perform her music, play her music for all these people who are really influential in, like, their own, you know, respective areas of the industry. And that was, like, my story with Janine. It was, like, um, me and this person at Vivo, like, really uh, just, like, helped her on her first, like, literal, like, EP release. It's called Dark Mind. And, um... Yeah, we really made her feel special. I think because like we, we were taking pictures of her the way we, we would take of any other artist that would show up at VIVO.
1: Did you get to write on the wall?
0: I don't think she got to. I don't think we had the wall at the time.
1: Oh, um, bummer.
0: But yeah, I think it was a really great time for her, and um, you know I've been following her ever since, and we talk every once in a while. My goal or my dream is to be able to produce a song for her, and I think I really want the world to like listen to her music, and I think she's got a lot of talent. So. If you have a chance, check out uh Broke Me Down on Spotify and check out her album 99, which was released last year. I think she's an incredible talent. I know what you mean. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like she defines herself by that style. Yeah, I
1: really like that.
0: It's like chill and laid back.
1: Yeah, very mm-hmm. cool. Um Your turn. mine's not a specific song, but it's an artist. Uh so I don't did you I don't know if you got to listen to them, but Black Pumas, have you had you heard of them before?
0: Yeah, I never heard of them, but I actually really like them.
1: Oh damn, they're so good. Okay. So um I guess you can say they're Maybe retro soul. I don't know. Um, but again, it's like kind of weird to put musicians in a box, which is literally what we do with genres. Yeah. Um, so they're an Austin based duo um, made up of vocalist Eric Burton and guitarist and producer uh, Adrian Casada, I believe is how you say his name. Um, and the name of the band is obviously like a play on Black Panthers. So for. Those of you who, I guess, maybe there are people who still know who the Black Panthers are. They were in like an African-American activist group in the 1960s and 70s that uh, came from out of Oakland, California. So I know that not just because of the similar name, but I think the band itself um, takes some of its sound from that same era. Um, And they pretty shamelessly allude to music of that time too. Like Black Moon Rising is kind of a play on the band's Bad Moon Rising, which is also an awesome song. October 33. Is pretty reminiscent of Otis Redding's sad song, like the way that he sings um, Fair, the way that Eric Burton sings it is kind of alluding to that song. So I think their sound's like definitely inspired by soul and they're able to do it in a way that's a bit catchier than the old sound. I think it's like if someone took like an old beat up car that you'd seen, but they like polish it and fix it and bring it back, and you're like, oh, damn, wow, I don't remember it looking like that. And that's kind of what they do, I think, with that genre of music in their um, album. So it sounds familiar, but it's simultaneously kind of polished and new. So just like a little more about the duo. Uh, the guitarist, Adrian, actually played in Grupo Fantasma. Do you know them? They won a Grammy. They sound
0: familiar, actually. A couple
1: years ago for Best Latin Rock Album in 20- 2011. Yeah, they sound really
0: familiar. Yeah.
1: Um, so he's producing some tunes like later on. And once they're ready for a singer, like for an actual track, um, he just put his feelers out and... Friends put him in touch with the singer, Eric Burton, who is also from Texas, and they were all living in Texas at the time. Apparently, Burton was like a bit shy to take the offer at first, but accepted, which I'm sure he's not regretting now. And it, it's just a great match. Eric has like a really beautiful, soulful voice, but I think it's the production that Adrian adds that really takes them to the next level, and makes them special. He's like just really good at bringing new to the old, kind of like what I said before. And long story short, they're headed to the Grammys this year. Which are really soon, aren't they? It's like an hour tonight. Yeah, the games are tonight. Yeah. Oh wow! I, I hope they win. Um, they were nominated yeah. for best new artist, like alongside you know people like Lizzo and Billie Eilish, like really big names, which is so impressive. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's insane. Um,
0: I hope they win. I definitely think they're good.
1: I think they're amazing, and I think so. So far, they have one full album. Um, it's an it's of the same name, eponymous. I always forget that word. It's an eponymous debut album. And my favorite song off it is October 33, followed by Old Man, Colors, and Black Moon Rising. Black moon. Yeah, that one's really good. I think it's their most popular. It's actually funny, because I went to see them at Brooklyn Bowl in the fall. I went with like a couple of friends, but I had only listened to them maybe that day. Um, and I wasn't really expecting like too much. I hadn't really gotten into their music much. I think I listened to like two songs. And I remember the crowd being like super diverse like race-wise, but especially age-wise, which was actually the case when I went to a Meters concert in like 2014 at the same venue. So I feel like maybe funk and soul bands just tend to attract an age-diverse crowd. But when they went on, everyone was just like, wow, Uh, it was kind of like impossible not to dance to them. And Eric just has like such a presence on stage. And I remember when they played October 33, I was just really excited to get home and find out on Spotify because I knew it was like my new favorite song for a while, which it ended up being My friend, like I remember her turning to me and just being like, They're gonna blow up. And I was like, You're right, they are gonna blow up. Like this man's good and lo and behold. But like for me, for I think for someone who gets kind of sad about like the current state of popular music, it's just like really inspiring and refreshing to see them at the Grammys for this award because it, you know, puts some hope back in the current state of modern music. And I feel like a lot of musicians who are attaining top mainstream success are just like using a formula. Like, I feel like I'm already treated like a consumer when, in every other facet of my life. You know what I mean? I would like,
0: argue that they do the same.
1: That Black Pumas do?
0: That they're they're using a formula.
1: I don't think so. I mean, I think to an extent, but not... I'll actually... So
0: it doesn't use the like same formula Like Max Ford Martin, course. for
1: example. You yeah. know who Max Martin is. I know who Max Martin is. Okay, so for people who don't know who Max Martin is... Um, This is a Swedish producer and songwriter who, I I mean, honestly, a lot of people haven't heard of him. He writes a handful of the songs that make um, top charts using what is essentially a formula. Like he keeps repeating the same melodic structures. And, you know, when I listen to the radio, it feels like I'm listening to the same stuff over and over again because I am. And like, let's be clear, it's real. Like this is a real thing and it works. Like this is a man who has, I think, over 21 times topped the Billboard chart. The only people who have done it more than him are... Paul McCartney and John Lennon last I checked maybe more now yeah he's but he's a legend but he it's very business minded like he does it off of formulas
0: I'm pretty sure he still has love of music
1: of course he does yeah Yeah. (laughs) I'm not denying anybody of that but like it, it is it's like like for anyone who likes top 40 music today this should be like that moment in a food documentary you're like vegan front makes you watch where you're seeing how sausage is made you know what I mean like wait a minute like what I don't want this and I don't want my music to be lab grown and I feel like that's what a lot of it is today and I just don't want it to be made to sell to me like another thing for me to be a consumer for yeah. so that's why seeing somebody like Black Pumas make it to the Grammys just like makes me feel yeah. it's like they're giving the middle finger to the industry and I, I love it um and I mean maybe by the time that this is published i guess everybody will already know if they want
0: or not yeah. so i mean there's been times in the past at the grammys where artists who are like the obscure ones actually win um so yeah hopefully they do win i mean i actually think they're really good i do think they're also not cookie cutter but there's also a formula to them
1: i think there's a formula I, to all of I mean, all, all music here, all genres yeah, have but it what but I, that's separate from like an actual structure based like what that guy does is he'll the highest performing songs literally like get them down to like a formula and then restructure over and over again like yeah. songs from um like prints and they, stuff like that but they're
0: doing the same thing you just don't know what artists they're copying
1: i think it's different though no i think it's different original, when you know you're like, well yeah yeah no no i think very little music is totally original yeah. like i think like everything else they don't but,
0: sound like what pop music is but if everything sounded like them, they'd be using the same formula as everyone else. Do you know what I mean? But like, I think
1: formula is different. Like all different genres have different sequences that are just natural to them, right? Like jazz sequence, which you'll get into with your next artist. He used a lot of jazz sequences, right? Yeah. Even though he's not necessarily known as a strictly jazz artist. But I think that that's a important difference for me at least where like somebody is, you know, making music that they've been inspired by because of how it sounds and how it makes them feel versus somebody who's like, what sells and how can we deconstruct this and repeat it?
0: I'll leave my side at, it's the music <laughs> business. And like, we're, if you're a musician, you're in the business of making music that sells. Like if we all, if, if everyone wants to be an artist, you can go be an artist and not sell music and be a very talented musician. And there's plenty of people that I know like that in the world but it's the music business for a reason like you're here to make money for the people that sign you for the people that publish you if you don't want that pressure or you don't want to sell out or do that type of music that's fine but like what max martin does i i will forever defend max martin cuz i think he's a genius but like <laughs>
1: and he is right yeah. like i i understand obviously i completely agree but i think that there's a nuance to it And doing it to that extent is a bit much for my taste. Like, I don't like it. And I, yeah. And also, I just dislike his music. I know that he's a genius, but I don't like the music he makes. It's
0: all right. There's like,
1: I feel like we should save this. Yeah, we should save this. But there's 12 keys on a piano. All right. The fact that he's been able to make so many
0: songs off of just like 12 notes is incredible. No, I don't think think it's
1: incredible. I think it's repetitive, which is literally what it is. Next. Oh my God.
0: (laughs) I'll 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 leave it <laughs> at that because we could go all night on, on this and there would be no podcast for episode two. Episode two would fall into like, the ether. Um, okay, my next artist I actually don't know how to pronounce. So this th- this artist that I that I'm going to recommend is from the past essentially, um, and I feel bad saying past because they're relevant even now. But like, or he was relevant before he passed away last year. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his first name, but it's Zhao. Uh, Gilber- uh, Gilberto I think that's how you pronounce it that's how I would pronounce it in Spanish but he's um he's from Brazil and the track that I would suggest uh, that people listen to him or my personal favorite is The uh, Safi Now
1: but name the most famous one because if you name that I, I'm going to get into
0: that yeah, yeah, I'm going to get into that so I'll name his most famous song but I don't want to do that because that's like selling out that's like his sellout song <laughs> okay um <laughs> So Desafi now means out of tune or off key. And the song is essentially, if you want to listen to an English version of the song, Ella Fitzgerald did a cover of the song. But the song is essentially about like falling in love, but like falling out of sync with the person you're, you're in love with and kind of how you get back to being in harmony with that person. So you can tell like a lot of what I was listening to this week was about like relationships and
1: you okay? finding yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and... um. Just being reflective on stuff. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, I want to say Zhao. I, I'll just say Zhao makes Bossa Nova music, which he's credited as being like the father of Bossa Nova, um, es- essentially inventing it. Bossa Nova is basically like a mix between like samba and jazz. And it's, it's really good. Yeah. For I, anyone who hasn't listened Bossa so, uh, is actually like my f- my personal favorite type of music, like my personal favorite genre. Yeah. Because
1: wow, another thing that we overlap in.
0: <laughs> because it feels uh, to me, it feels sexy, sultry, sad, oh. emotional, deep, nostalgic, <laughs> and it actually feels more human than a lot of things because of the beat being a little bit offbeat in a way
1: mm-hmm. from
0: like what people are used to listening to in rock or hip hop. I think it sounds more human because it sounds more imperfect. Uh, in 1963, he collaborated with Stan Getz. Love him. And this is what gets to his like, most popular song because between him, Stan Getz, and his wife, they actually didn't write this song, but they did a cover of a song called The Girl from Ipanema. And their version is the version that everyone knows that's the most popular version. So that's what people will recognize him by, but it, I don't know. I, I feel like, personally, I like his other songs a little bit better, but I know that's like a classic, iconic song. And unfortunately, he passed away just last year in Rio de Janeiro at 88 years old. So he lived a full life. He lived an incredible life, and he was touring all the way up to his final days. So Brazil lost a legend last year, but I know people will be listening to his music for the rest of time, essentially.
1: Yeah, Yeah, he's amazing. Um, I always thought that Para Machucar kind of reminds me of like a Brazilian version of a song that would be on Chet Baker Sings. I don't know. Have you ever listened to that album? Chet Baker Sings?
0: No. Is Chet, B- Chet Baker's... Jazz artist. I get him confused with the new guy that uses... Chet my... Faker yeah. is very different
1: <laughs> than Chet Baker. Chet Baker was like a trumpeter and a vocalist as well, but he's singing in this very like as if it was a normal man just singing voice, which was pretty charming. Um, but yeah, that one song, Pra Mashukar, always reminds me of... Chet Baker for some reason. Anyway, that was a good pick. My non-emerging artist was Karen Dalton. So she's passed away, RIP. She was a folk blues singer. Um, So she grew up in Oklahoma but moved to New York at 21 with... Two kids and two divorces behind her, which is pretty interesting at such a young age. And she was part of the Greenwich Village folk scene in the 60s. Bob Dylan actually played harmonica in the background for her when she performed often. So she's legit is what I'm trying to say. And she also played alongside Fred Neal, Tim Hardin, like others who were big names in that scene. She was a regular at Café Wa. Interestingly enough, though, she didn't get much fame at all when she was alive. She actually didn't really gain any significant recognition until after her death, which you hear a lot about in the art world, but rarely in the music world. So I thought that was interesting. I, I did remember reading once that some of her music was re-released in the 90s, so maybe that attributed to it. I'm not sure. So the interesting thing about her is that she was really she like pretty shy about recording, her own songs, especially. I guess how I feel about my own voice, right? <laughs> so she had also a bit of a heroin addiction and alcohol problem. So, th- like, all of these combined just really didn't help her with her music career. But in addition to that, she had a personality and felt an attachment to her music, which is t- completely valid, but she would get pissed at producers often. And like, when they would try to change her music, she would just bail and take it with her, which is kind of cool. I respect that. She was actually tricked into recording. Her album titled, It's So Hard to Tell Who's Gonna Love You the Best, which is a great title. She was tricked into it because her producer and like a friend of hers didn't tell her the tape was rolling when she sang. And it's kind of absurd, but it's a great blues album. And when I first heard her voice, I wasn't sure if I liked it the first time, but it grew on me like with a couple listens. And it kind of breaks often like as if it's strained, but that kind of becomes part of her signature style. And she's been compared to Billie Holiday a lot, just like a similar bluesy voice. Yeah, I know. Bob Dylan once said, My favorite singer was Karen Dalton. Karen had a voice like Billie Holiday and played guitar like Jimmy Reed.
0: I actually didn't like her voice. I thought everything else was good, like her songwriting and her playing. Yeah.
1: It's definitely like, yeah, I kind of, the first time I heard it, I wasn't sure either. But the more you listen to her, she does have a very similar sound. I don't know if I would say like same voice. But um, anyway, the album I mentioned earlier is like great all around. But some songs that really stood out to me outside of that album are something's, something's on Your Mind or Something on Your Mind. I forget if it's plural. Are You Leaving for the Country and In My Own Dream and Every Time I Think of Freedom. The first two I mentioned are the first two songs I ever heard by her. And they really like sucked me into a rabbit hole of all her music. And I listen to them often, especially "Something on Your Mind." That might be one of my all-time favorite songs. That's all, Karen Dalton. Um,
0: I had I I didn't listen to her intensely. Like I listened to one song, uh, but I don't know. I like the songwriting. I like the the, the the guitar and everything. Felt very like folk, um, but I didn't necessarily like her voice. But
1: the voice really grew on me. Yeah, it's very unique. Her, I feel like her whole sound is pretty unique. Her voice specifically.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
1: That's all. That's all? That's all, folks.
0: That was episode two of Gold Sounds Podcast with Steph and Danny. Join us on the next episode. Every episode, we have one new artist. We share with you guys one of our favorite artists, current artists, and then an artist from the past, and then also what we listen to that day. So hopefully you guys like these recommendations, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Cheers.